Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from national speaker, best-selling author, and daily talk show host, Susie Larson, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, they discuss Susie's latest book called Strong in Battle. They'll talk about the reality of spiritual battles, but the authority that we have in Christ. You'll also hear Susie share insight about the power of a humble heart in our offense strategy against the enemy. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. And today it is a real treat to be able to sit with you, Susie Larson. Thank you for being on the show. So good to be with you. And we're in person together. That to me makes it even better and sweeter. Thanks for having me. Yes. The first time we got to talk about your devotional that had just come out in the Advent season and it was over Zoom, which is Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, I was so excited to be able to actually sit down today and talk through your new book that just released, Strong in Battle, which is fantastic. And we're actually live at the Thrive Conference, yeah, which is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Same with us. <laughs> Highlight of our year. And because it's so well run, and I know you're on the leadership team, mm-hmm. but we've been involved for years. And Kev said years ago, these women could run a Fortune 500 company. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he just watches how fine-tuned. It's a fine-tuned machine in yeah. one way. and But yet they, everybody creates this uh, kind of atmosphere and infrastructure for order, and mm-hmm. then we invite the Holy Spirit to do what He's going to do. Yeah. To me, it's the perfect blend of nobody's winging anything, and yeah. yet we're absolutely open to anything. And so right. it really is one of our favorite events. It is. At this year, too, when I was praying about it, I just felt like I was saying to God, like, what if, what if, what if, you know, because you're, yeah. you're in the leadership team, you're thinking through those things, and He goes, how about you change that to what will? Like, wow. what will happen? Yes. What will I do? And Come I'm like, on. oh, that's so good. Yeah. But you travel everywhere and speak to a lot of women at different conferences. But I'm just curious, what makes Thrive one of your favorites or just one of those ones that you're like, oh, you want to be a part of every year? Because you've been here for a while. Oh, yes, absolutely. And you know what? I, there's a part of it that feels like family because it's it's mm. hometown people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but Carol Lund, you know, who was the director and founder, who, you know, is retired now and passed the baton to Angie, uh, I don't know very many women like her. I yeah. mean, the kind of godly leader she is. And she calls women um, up, you know, and out long before they ever feel they're ready. And her, mm-hmm. her commitment, when she first took her role that she did many years ago, she, her one contingent was, I have to be able to build a leadership team across denominational lines. Mm-hmm. And Kevin and I travel across denominational lines. Mm-hmm. And even you know, working in radio, when I interview people across denominational lines, it's a core conviction for me. Mm-hmm. There are some people who get mad about that. They're like, mm-hmm. pick a lane and go with it. And I'm like, what lane? You just <laughs> a denominational lane? Because in mm-hmm. heaven, we're going to be diverse. Yeah. And so the fact that she was so staunch from the beginning about that is very much reflected, I think, in the anointing and the in yeah. just the fruit, the power, God's blessing, because He commands a blessing when there's unity, mm-hmm. and uh, that to me blows my mind. And I just think, especially in a day like today, we want people are like, I want to hear your opinion so I can decide to either validate you or vilify you. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to know your opinion because I want to know you. Yeah, I want to see what lane I should put you in. So I think it's swimming up current to go, no, we're coming together for the cause of Christ. And yeah. that's not to be confused with, you know, a biblical departures, you know, but I'm saying biblical denominations, biblical Christians who may differ on secondary issues, but we're going, we're setting those aside for now because we want people to see Jesus 
Jesus. Okay. We want people to be ready to meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, you know, there's probably two or three conferences that I can count in my hand that do it like this. But I happened to learn as we went to those conferences going, man, this was a lot like Thrive. When we find out Carol's mentoring those directors. <laughs> so it's like, of course. Of course. Yes. But there is something. It is, to me, the secret sauce. Yeah. And uh, we love it. Yeah. Well, we have loved having you here. Mm. I know everybody looks forward to seeing you mm. and your co MC Amber every year, yeah. just rocking on the stage and yeah. having so much fun. She's so fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so you guys are just a hoot. Mm. <laughs> but with your book, Strong in Battle, um, I told you a little bit before we started just how I've been reading through it. And it has been such a powerful message and one that we absolutely need today. Mm-hmm. And that has just been right where I needed it <laughs> in life. And, you know, I've heard other people in there just review and talking about it, just praise it for being so incredibly vulnerable Mm. and so also challenging and reminding us, because you have to have both. I'm sure you experienced that, the encouragement, but the challenge. So I would just love to hear, you know, what is your heart for this book? And more importantly, too, like, how is it writing it for you? Was this something you're like, oh, easy. Yeah, let's talk about battle. (laughs) Let's do this. Or did you find it like, okay, this is a challenge for me. There's not one thing that I go, oh, well, you know, I could do that for lunch, you know. But for sure, writing this book, I've mentioned it a couple of times, was like uh, I was in a neural logical hailstorm. So the symptoms were off the charts. And yet, if you picture your laptop out in a hailstorm, mm-hmm. it picture God punching through the clouds and a ray of sun. Have you ever been out in a storm when the sun breaks through mm-hmm. the clouds? Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. So, I mean, my face was the pinpricks and numbing all over my face, my neck, dizziness, ear ringing so loud I couldn't hear myself think. But there was this ray of clarity and I just kept pounding. I felt like he just kept saying, pound it out, pound it out. And so I, God gave me clarity in the midst of the physical firestorm mm-hmm. and it really taught me fear focus on a whole mm-hmm. new level. Um, but, you know, I would say, McKelty, that one of the things that's so on my heart is uh, in this day, again, back to everybody really idolizing their opinions to the point where we're hearing my truth and your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so concerning because it's only the truth that sets men free. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. Jesus yeah. is the truth, and mm-hmm. he's the one who sets men free. And when you water that down, when you spin it off and you d- redefine what it means, guess what? It's no longer potent enough to save a man's soul. Mm-hmm. It's no longer potent enough to deliver the depressed and heal the sick and and deliver someone from an addiction or whatever the ailment or the problem is, your truth and my truth has no power to do anything but keep you captive, Mm. make you comfortable. Mm. But the truth sets us free. And so I feel like I wanted a clarion call in our day going, okay, storms are everywhere. You know, culture's as divided as ever. And we feel not only the the battles out there in culture, but under our own roof. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. And because the enemy knows his time is short. So you've got personal battles, corporate battles, and people are battle weary. So my hope and prayer was for us to recapture who God says he is, what his word says, because it's living and breathing, and then learning how to walk the path of his promises. Because there is a way to thrive in battle, and there is a way to navigate and come out the other side so you're still standing when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I think, again, just like this message that we all really, really need to hear right now. And it's so funny because when I think of battle, I think of like the offense and fighting, Mm -hmm. you know, the epic Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. battles Mm -hmm. in the end or something like that. And just 
the fighting and the offense mentality, but something that you put even in your subtitle, why the humble will prevail. I was like, humility, interesting, like humble. And it just made me start thinking, you know, what does humility look like in a battle? Because you don't typically think about that in just, again, like that offense. So could you speak to that a little bit? I just love that you noticed that because yeah. not every, that was very <laughs> intentional, but not everybody notices I it. I noticed it right away. I was like, <laughs> oh, humility. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they're supposed to seem like, because we put them at odds with each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Strong in battle, why the humble will prevail. But it's humility is our superpower. Power. It's dependence mm-hmm. on God is our superpower. And one of the verses, I, if you've followed me, you've heard me talk about it, but it's a go-to for me, but it's James 4, 7, and I even add verse 8. But when you when we're under fire, so often you hear people say, well, just resist the devil and he'll flee. But mm-hmm. that's not accurate if it's out of context. Submit to God, resist the devil, mm-hmm. and he will, free, fl- he will flee. And submit to God is a military term, and it means get back in rank. So when you mm-hmm. submit to God, you get back in rank. I think it was Watchman Nee who said, you can't have authority unless you're under authority. And we um, we think sometimes, and this is another thing I unpacked in the book, that it's a hard truth, but it is true. We think just because God is good to us that he's good with everything we do. Mm-hmm. And when you live in a culture in an age of, of that lacks conviction, the chances of being self-deceived are pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And we can get out of rank by usurping authority, picking apart our pastor's sermon, getting entitled, complaining, unforgiving, delving into things to numb that we don't, the things we don't want to feel, um, and this is not about legalism. It really is about access. So if you are in these places in your soul and your heart and your mind, there are open doors and windows for the enemy. And so I always say the first line of defense when you're under attack is to pray Psalm 139. It's not to say every battle you're in is your fault, but the first line of defense is to say, search me, oh God. Mm. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Because if you've given the enemy access and you've been kind of like the frog in boiling water where you lay there and the heat turns up and up, where you just acclimate to sin mm-hmm. and you're to the point where you're not feeling conviction about it anymore. And so, in due time, you're going to be under attack. So when you're under attack, ask the Lord, is there, is, am I out of rank? Because once you get back in rank, then you rise up with your roar, with the authority, mm-hmm. and then you resist that devil and he has to flee. And flee means two things, runs for his life and looks for another safe place to dwell, mm-hmm. which is pretty you know, sobering when you think how many of us give the enemy safe passage by our agreement with him. So again, that's to me firepower where we need to really search our hearts and say, show me, Lord, because I'm going to shut every window, every door. I'm going to button up this narrative and then I'm going to roar back because mm-hmm. I think, McKelty, if you could peel back the sky, you would see some of God's people running for their lives because the spirit of intimidation is after them. Oh, yeah. And He's, oh, yeah. he's had time to study their past, and mm-hmm. he knows what triggers are their fears. So he wants to get them bracing for impact, running for their lives because of his roar. But then others who've remembered who they are, and so they're standing and they're going, and stay out, and he's mm-hmm. running for his life. <laughs> <laughs> I like that picture so much better. So much better. Yeah, yeah. And what we can move to that, we can pivot to that position in a prayer. Yeah. And I just don't think we understand what we possess. Jesus has set us up for victory. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I think just, again, like this constant reminder of looking inward and having Jesus show you what is really going on inside. Because when you're moving forward, it, that's when the arrogance and the pride. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, ego is so quick. The devil loves to use that. Like, yeah. see, look yeah. at you're strong, you're powerful, yeah. and it can completely manipulate you. Yeah. So being able to look inward and be like, okay, God, humility, show me where I yeah. need to learn and I need to grow. Yeah. When you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, 
God. In due time, he will lift you up. That really is such a powerful place because we are no match for the enemy, but he's no match for God. And and we must know that because I think we're minutes away from pride and minutes away from oh, despair. Yeah. And this is why it's a daily renewal of our mind to submit ourselves to God and then say, have your way, way your will, your way for your glory. And uh, those are the people that fare the best in battle is those who stay humble and teachable and mm-hmm. know that, you know, I can't do this without dependence on God. Yeah, absolutely. It's something you also talked in your book was about you can be in battle for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And you actually gave some examples, some biblical examples of people and why they were in different ba- different you know battles. And I loved that because I, I just think so much that people sometimes see the Bible as characters. Like I've been known to say the Bible characters. I'm like, no, they were real people. With real battles. With real things going mm-hmm. on in their life. And it's so just powerful and insightful to look back at those people and be like, People have done this before. They've gone through these battles before. What can I learn from that? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you could just share a few of mm-hmm. what those people had, who they were and what they had gone through mm-hmm. and what those types of battles might look like for our lives too. Yeah. And I mean, I'm wondering if I'm referring to the chapter that you're thinking about, but these are the ones that I write about that I can that are coming to my mind right now. But you think like Jonah had a storm because he was running away from God's purposes and the, his abdicating his responsibility brought a storm upon the sailors who are with him. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things I say is many people pay a price when you abdicate your responsibility. Naomi, uh, when her husband led her and her two sons out of Bethlehem, which means house of bread, they were, God's people were enduring a famine for a reason. I mean, mm-hmm. so if, if Elimelech would have kept himself in the bigger story, he would have said, we are your people. Bethlehem means house of bread. We have no bread. God, have we missed it? Have we dishonored you in any way? And he, if he would have stayed in the big story and interceded for his family, that would have been a good call, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, he went to the land of Moab outside of God's will. There's no evidence in Scripture that that was a move of God, mm-hmm. which is so amazing if you look at the rest of the story because it's where we get Ruth, yeah. who's grafted into the family mm-hmm. line. So he works mm-hmm. all things together. But there's a point where she was in so much pain, having lost her husband, then lost her sons, and she's got two foreign daughters-in-law and has to make this vulnerable trek as a woman back to Bethlehem. And she's like, Almighty has stretched his hand against me. So she was, and this is a thing I say in the book often, is we're daily given opportunity to either accuse God or trust him. Mm. And when the storms are stirring up, you know, she was accusing God, but even so, in his goodness, he redeemed her story. Mm. But then you've got someone like, you know, Paul and Silas who are in prison for, boldly, boldly preaching the truth and delivering somebody from a demon mm-hmm. and they pay a price for doing the kingdom work. Yeah. But that, you know, so they were in a storm because they were doing the kingdom work. And as they worship God, the angels came to their assistance. Mm-hmm. Then you got Esther who, you know, her life battle storm was the accumulation of her calling. She hadn't done anything wrong, but God had been grooming her for that purpose and that moment and that Mm -hmm. time. And at first she wanted to pull her hands off going, this is too big for me. Mm -hmm. But then she was charged to step up. And when she did, think about this, a generation of Israelites were saved because of her intercession. So my point there again is, you know, I I didn't, this is quote, did not come from me. I just can't remember, but I've been saying it for years. I don't remember who first said it, but someone said a thousand people are waiting on the other side of your obedience. Mm, And I think about, yeah, when I think about, you know, the people who are put in harm's way by us abdicating and and yet people who are saved by when we step step up. And one more storm I'll talk about is when Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat. You know, he said, 
we're going to the other side. And I think this is such an important story because there's times you're following God and you feel like he led you right into a storm. Mm -hmm. And it might be true because he wants you to learn something mm -hmm. there. Well, he's sleeping, they're freaking out, and they're, they're seasoned fishermen who are freaking out. So it must have been quite the storm. And he woke them up and their question was, don't you care? And his mm -hmm. question is, where's your faith? And then he rose up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. And this was a detour on the way to ministry on the other side because two things Jesus wanted to teach them was the power of rest mm -hmm. and the power of authority mm -hmm. because they were going to face off with a demoniac, you know, and then they had other intense ministry opportunities waiting for them. And so I think that is so important for us to know that even storms that we find ourselves in have a purpose and can serve a purpose and equip us for future ministry if we can trust them. Have you heard of the Sisterhood Leadership Retreat? Bridging the Gap believes every woman is a potential leader, and we have designed this retreat to invest in your leadership development. Whether you're an experienced marketplace, ministry, or community leader who is wanting to continue to grow, or you would like to begin developing skills and network as a future leader, this almost 24-hour event is for you. Mark your calendar and join us on February 10th and 11th at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. We'll have main sessions with author, speaker, and business coach Allie Worthington and Waters Worship, multiple workshops with speakers like Portia Allen, Peggy Vogley, Becky Meyerson, Tabitha Perry, and others, networking opportunities, exhibitors, and fun, all to encourage, equip, and empower your leadership potential. Some new options available this year include cozy up north activities like a guided moonlit walk, ice skating, a lakeside bonfire, a morning fireside devotion, and more. You can also sign up to get your headshots updated by a photographer. It's going to be a power-packed, great event that you and your team won't want to miss. Register individually or as a group at mnbtg.org slash slretreat. That's mnbtg.org slash slretreat. We'll see you there. You just talked about how they, Jesus led them into the storm. And I think there's so many times where we sit and think, like, why am I here? And God is up there like, I have a purpose. You know, mm -hmm, there's a plan. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, it's so defeating. I mm -hmm. mean, in any battle, it's mm -hmm. it's hard, it's exhausting. And your mind, you know, it's the perfect vulnerable, vulnerable place for the enemy just to do what he does best. And I'm just curious, you know, what is some encouragement you have for people who are sitting in that storm? And they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because I'm supposed to learn something or if I'm supposed to just trust. What is an encouragement you have for them? And maybe what are some scriptures that you hold on to in those moments that have powered you through those mm -hmm. stormy weathers? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a great question. What I'm thinking of as you're asking me that is I, I did a live stream recently. So this isn't in the book, but it, it totally complements the message. But looking at battle, the word battle as an acronym, this is these are some practical ways that helped me mm -hmm. uh, navigate. And I, I've been drawing from them. I mean, they were just sort of sub points that I sort of brought together, but B is for know what you believe, mm -hmm. because th this is where the enemy comes in. Did God really say? And you remember in the darkness what he told you in the light. And so this is where you restore your roar, going, no matter what I physically feel like, no matter what my circumstances are saying, these are things I know to be true. Mm -hmm. And you put your foot down and you stand and you roar and you say, my God is who he says he is. His mm -hmm. promises are true. So in that case, what I would look at the Psalm that says all of his promises are backed by the honor of his name. Mm -hmm and I'm going to declare who God is. And then the A is acclimate and activate. And what I like to say there is, you know, think about, you see,
see these movies where you've got a whole bunch of people flying to a resort and they're all excited. But then the plane goes down in the mountains and you've got the divas going, but I wanted to go to the resort. <laughs> and they're like, they've got their little pink purse and their high heels in the snow. But then the people who emerge as leaders are the ones who acclimate right away. They're going, well, we're not at the resort. We're here. Yeah. And they acclimate going, okay, this is what, what, what are our assets? What do we, and then they activate. And I think, um, and, and I can be this way again with some of the health challenges I've had where I want to throw a hissy fit going, I don't want this battle. I don't want to be here. I don't want this to be my story. Well, right now it is. Providence has me here. So how do I acclimate and, and how, do, how do I activate my faith? And, uh, you know, there's Psalm 18, I think it's 35. You give me a shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make mm-hmm. me great. Mm-hmm. That's one that I absolutely love. Psalm 16, 8, I think, is because I know the Lord is always with me. I, don't, I know the Lord is always with me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So I find some like that that put a roar in me. But I, I, again, I'm not above pity parties. I've had plenty, but I'm saying they, they steal your strength. So yeah. when you're in a place you don't want to be, uh, I, it helps me to say providence has me here. So I acclimate, then I activate. And then the next one, the T is, is stay tender, teachable. And trainable because and you know and and actually this first T is trust that your trials are training you in Psalm 18 it says he trains my hands for battle he strengthens my arms to bend a bow of bronze he uh, makes me to walk on high places which speaks of spiritual agility when you think of a deer on an uneven terrain on a mountain it's he can navigate without mm-hmm. losing his footing mm-hmm. well that's the thing is he allows these twists and turns in your story you know in ath- athletics when they're teaching agility they're going to the right to the left to the back they're teaching you to acclimate to be able mm-hmm. to make those quick changes. Well, there's times when the arrows are zinging at you and then the winds blow this way and then they blow that way. You're being trained with agility so you can stand on high places, war on high places mm-hmm. on uneven terrain and not lose your footing. Mm-hmm. So trust that those trials are training you. Jesus is right here, right here, and he's helping you. And then stay teachable, tender, and, and thankful. And then the L is just lean in and listen to his voice, treasure his voice above all else. And then to me, E is eternity, that mm-hmm. you know we fix our eyes not on what we can see, because it's temporary, but what we cannot see, for it's eternal, that every step here is a step there. Every battle, every blessing is packed with eternal implications. So if we can see every battle, every blessing that's packed with eternal opportunities, how do I steward it? Do I thank God? Do I worship him? Do I remember who he is? So those are some practical ways for me that I sort of get my game back on when I've been knocked on my bum. So Yeah. No, those are just really good practical tips. And I think a lot of people feel just so much pressure, like they have to do it right. Oh, yeah. And, no. You know, it's, it's messy. Like, it's messy. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Okay. God could be, you know, testing me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do this well. Like, I need to. And it's like, you are human. Yeah. And he gets that. And there's yeah, so, much so, grace. Much grace. Oh. so much grace. Oh. So much grace. I just want to be honest. My MO is always when I get blindsided by a new surge of symptoms, Mm -hmm. I break down, I cry, Mm -hmm. and then I come up swinging. That Mm -hmm. just seems like I've seen a pattern in my life. (laughs) I cry. That's right. And then I start swinging. (laughs) But it is so messy. But just read Mm -hmm. the Psalms. You know, God Mm -hmm. wants to, He'll take you any way that you are. But I'm saying that we do expend a lot of energy to the right, to the left, when we start, when we forget who God is, Mm -hmm. when we start to accuse Him, and when we're whining too much. I just notice for me that it's like when I go I just can't give space to that because it steals my energy and it's not always going to be that you're constantly under fire this battle will pass this too shall pass but there is a way to to stand then do everything you can to stand so when it's all done you're still standing yeah yeah Oh, that's so good. And you you share a 
personal story in the book about a time that you had a battle, you know, woke up in the middle of the night and you just felt this anxiety, this fear about like my son, I think my son's going to die. Mm-hmm. And wow, did I stop? And I'm like, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. I constantly get woken up at two and three and I'm checking the baby monitor mm-hmm. and, you know, just as a new mom mm-hmm. and you a shake him a little bit. Yeah, to see if they're breathing. Like, <laughs> the second he yeah. started putting his blanket over his yeah. head and so I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I don't right. know how to do this. But I just so related to that. And then you talked about this, these two different experiences. And I want to look just to make sure I get it right. A trauma fear or a God-given spiritual warning. Yeah, hugely important distinction. So I'm wondering if you could just explain those a little bit and maybe go ahead and you know share that story yeah, if you don't right, mind. Absolutely. So we have three boys. They're all grown, all married. and uh, But when my youngest was in his, I want to say, early mid-20s, I was at a writer's conference. I was stay- out of state staying at a friend's house in her basement. And the basement was dark. Uh, and uh, I was excited to be there and whatever. But I was awoke- awakened in the middle of the night, I mean, blindsided by a visceral fear mm-hmm. that felt so real down to my bones that Jordan was not going to live out of his 20s. I mean, it was so visceral. It's like I knew it, like I knew Mm -hmm. it. And I got out of my bed, went face down, wept and cried and pleaded and appealed and declared and did everything I knew all night long. And when I got, you know, got out of bed in the morning, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't resolved. I wasn't peaceful. And then I recalled a few weeks earlier, I had opened the door to fear. And this Mm -hmm. is where I talk about the enemy is a legalist. And if you... If you give him access, he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. And what I, my mistake in the weeks prior, because Jordan was wandering from the faith and making some choices that were breaking my heart, I started to do the what if, like you were mm-hmm. talking. I don't remember if you said this on the air or off the air, mm-hmm. but the what if thing. And I start to project the fears into a future. Yeah. And this is one of the things I opened the book with is mm-hmm. I've learned a trick of the enemy that he want, he knows your past and he wants to get you to project worst case fears into a future that God mm-hmm. is not in. Mm-hmm. And that is what I was doing. And by letting those fears linger unchallenged and just sort of going oh, and tucking <laughs> them away, I left the door open. And so mm-hmm. he could attack me when I was weakest. And the thing is, Jordan's in his 30s and he did not die in his 20s. It was a trauma fear. Mm -hmm. And I will say you can often retrace those to open doors that you've not closed and and Mm -hmm. hurts or fears you've not resolved with God's promises. And uh, where a God-given spiritual warning is when you're walking intimately with God and he's like, don't go to the store today or take a different route or be careful today. He's given you a uh, a sober warning, and and you it kind of awakens you. But you know it is possible, McKelty, though, to get a God-given spiritual warning where you discern something in the spirit and you still react in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So if you've still got this accumulation of fears and anxieties mm-hmm. that you're just not dealing with, mm-hmm. you could go, whoa, what do you mean? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. But this is why the Lord wants us to heal us from the inside out mm-hmm. so that what is spiritually discerned is spiritually responded to. Mm-hmm. So he does give us warnings of the enemy's schemes, of warnings of traps up ahead. And we do well to listen and, and really be so sensitive to the spirit that it only takes the slightest wince in our spirit for us to, to make a course correction. Yeah. That and you know you noted that the enemy often you know shoots at the unhealed areas of yes, our lives, yep. and that I think that's you know again just super relatable. And so, what should believers do if they feel that they're easily triggered, that they're easily you know going into that flesh response of like, oh my goodness, okay, the world's gonna end now, and I have to do this, 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 and solely like moving their focus away from God mm-hmm. and trying to do it in their control? Mm-hmm. You know what? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, what I've been really just, as I've been watching the times in the last two and a half years, I get the sense the enemy wants us in one of two extremes. He either wants us bracing for impact, waiting for the next shoe to drop, mm-hmm. which means 
you don't trust God. And again, mm-hmm. I've lived there for a long time, so there's no shame or condemnation. It's not like I've arrived, but I have found some victory in that. And I can speak to how in a minute if you want, but that yeah. bracing for impact. But the other one is to numb out and uh, into all kinds of indulgence so you don't have to feel what you don't want to feel. So you're really numbed out and you're just not feeling because it just feels, the reality just feels too painful and too hard. But I will tell you when you're triggered, but my old pastor, he's retired now, but he says when, when you're triggered, get excited because it's like God is reaching in your soul, mm-hmm. pulling something out so you can see it. See this? I'm about to deliver you. Mm-hmm. And his charge then is respond. Get with a prayer minister, get with a spiritual director and go after it. Mm-hmm. And this is where McKelty, I just think we, it's the days of saving face are over. The days of looking spiritual, of spiritual facades are over. We need, all of us need counseling. All of us need a spiritual director. And if you're in a season of being stirred up, don't isolate. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Get some women around you. Mm-hmm. You know, seek out some a, a godly mentor that you trust to say, this thing is coming up for me. And the Lord wants to inform you. I mean, a couple years ago, some things were stirring up for me. And it just was, this cons- I kept going, what is this? What is this? And then as I'm seeking God, he brought me back to a trauma, a childhood trauma that I had counseled through, I had dealt with, but there was still a lie attached to it that I had. I just didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. And that was what was triggering me. And it was just like he informed me. And so I, I got with women and I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to say that God wants to heal you because we have a traumatized world. And I've been saying this on my radio show for the last two years. We have got to seek out inner healing. We've got to seek out spiritual, emotional, physical, mental health because there's a world that's been traumatized and we can't impart what we don't possess. We can't be the same as far as choosing the same numbed out options because we don't want to feel. God has grace and compassion, but this is a day that that we need to be you know, restored in the deepest places and believe that it's possible mm-hmm. so that we can help people who desperately need Jesus. Absolutely. And how can we lean on our friends? How can we include them in our battles? Uh, you know, I would say if you have friends who are safe, friends who fear God, then you call on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, well, it doesn't matter because this is a podcast. So like, yeah, that's, right. anyway. that's exactly right. <laughs> yes. But uh, when I went through about a little over a year ago, well, seven years ago, I had a pretty bad health relapse. Mm-hmm. And then it was up and down and pretty devastating. And then a couple of, for two years, a year ago, um, it was surged so bad. I mean, heart, really weird, irregular heartbeats mm-hmm. were causing numbing up my neck and like a stroke um, mm-hmm. throughout the night. So I kept sleeping and I'm walking and pacing the floor with my heart beating out of my chest, irregular, numbing, shooting up my neck, into my jaw, dizziness, bone-crushing mm-hmm. headaches, and, and hell, just mm-hmm. pressing, just breathing. It's hot. flames <laughs> yeah. on me. And I just, I'm like, I was pacing all night, and this happened over and over again. And it got to the point where putting my head on the pillow caused anxiety because it was like they would just hit out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would quote scripture all night long and deep breathe. And finally, there was a point where I'm like, you got to kill me or heal me. I don't have the mental bandwidth mm-hmm. to keep going here. And the Lord assembled some women to come around me separate. I mean, I knew uh, I knew there's two different groups. I knew someone from each of the groups that I trusted them very much. And it was their people. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just had put on their hearts you're going to march with Susie till she's healed. And so they pursued me and uh, and started to pray with me. And, and I, there's two of them, two of these groups I pray on Zoom every single week. And they're going to uh, heaven's courts on my behalf. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that came out of that is my bracing for impact because it was traumatic. I mean, it really, well, these symptoms were horrific. And 
that. And so there was, so it's not only the physiological, but I mean, this sense of the next shoot is about to drop because of the unpredictability of this. And one of these friends, these prayer friends, her name's Maria. She said, Susie, unless your default thought about God is that goodness and mercy follow after you, unless you have a default instinct that goodness is coming because God is good, something in you needs to be healed and something in you is out of alignment in your thinking. Mm. And it was true about me mm. just because I loved him. I worshiped him. I served him wholeheartedly. But this area of my life, I was hurt. I was disappointed. I went, where where are you? And it's like crickets, you know? And yeah. then I get emails like, I don't get them a lot, but I got a woman, he sent me an email going, a leader at your level and you're still not healed? Like, where's your faith? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying, yeah. you know? I mean, it was it's so, so, so painful. But what I realized is that storm, I had drifted to a place of mistrust with God. And so since then, I've been renewing my mind on his goodness, which is very biblical. There's a lot in scripture. But something in me is healing from the inside out. I'm not bracing for impact anymore. I'm still dealing with symptoms that I hate. But God is doing a deep work. I have a joyful expectancy of his goodness. So I'll go back to your question is... Um, if your best friends aren't on fire for God, I'm not saying ditch them, but you know people who are fiery, go find them. Yeah. And, and it, you know, just say, can we get on a call half hour a week? Can we just get on a call and agree together to agree with God? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, put your flames together. Things will start to change. Mm-hmm. I oh, Man, I believe that so wholeheartedly. I, I was joking with Angie Getz, the director, of how every time I leave Thrive, I'm so physically and emotionally exhausted, but I've never been more on fire for God mm. every single mm-hmm. time. Because when you are around all of these women and some They're men, fighters, <laughs> yeah. They just know how to instill something in you that might be a little burnt out right now. Mm-hmm. You've been through a really rough and weak season. Mm-hmm. And you're asking those questions like, God, where are you? Why am I still walking through this? Why did this just happen? I thought you were good. And then you're surrounded by all these women that are like, we're going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. This is how God shows up. Mm-hmm. You're just reminded of that goodness. Yeah. And that's human. We yeah. need it. And I appreciate people like you who are on this leadership level that you're at that are able to say, hey, I love the Lord. I have faith, but sometimes I struggle too. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there's battles. Mm -hmm. And we need those reminders sometimes because that's just the reality and the humanity. And we are behind enemy lines. Jesus is coming for his bride. But I remember there was a point where I'm like, Lord, I am army crawling for inches here. Like, Mm -hmm. where's the victory? And he says, you may be gaining only inches in the natural, but you're gaining miles in the Mm -hmm. spiritual. And I I needed to hear that. You know, Mm -hmm. again, it's like the facade that somebody has it all together is a lie. Yeah. No, we we all desperately not only need him, Jesus, for our eternity, we need him for our sustenance every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. And I think if we can get over ourselves and just, you know, we're better together. Let's mm-hmm. come together and mm-hmm. fight for each other. And uh, what I, I feel like I'm in a whole new place of spiritual revival by partnering with these women who are, they mean business, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the first prayer meetings, one of the leaders, she's this darling little sweet Asian woman. She, she looks so meek and mild. And that woman speaks mountains right into the sea and she's like she goes okay you agree with god i agree with you Mm. i'm like what you agree with god and i'll agree with you like she's like we're starting out but you're gonna agree with god so i just started to pray in agreement with god and then she came alongside and my life i had a wild prayer life before these women but putting our flames together uh i'm 
blown away at the power of mm-hmm. us coming together. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we weren't supposed to do this alone. No. We're supposed no. to do this in community. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can lose focus and rely on other people to be holding us up. And yeah. I just had an interview with uh, Doug Vogley, actually, we were chatting, and he was like, if you were expecting someone to be continuing to spoon feed you in your faith, then you got another thing coming. That's right. Like, That's you right. need to be stepping yeah. into that. And I just thought that was so powerful. Well, childlike wonder is, uh, is awesome, and we're called to that. Child, childish faith, not so much, mm-hmm. you know? It's like babies are adorable, but <laughs> adolescents who are still sucking on a pacifier, not so cute, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So there is a point when we mature, but what, yeah. we never mature out of our need for community, but you're right, you know, kind of sucking on and leaning on to yeah. the point where you're not, you're not holding fast because there's times what it's supposed to be like is there's times you're leaning on a friend, there's times they're leaning on you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that to me is the beauty of yeah. community. And there's seasons, yeah. right? There's oh, yeah. seasons where you're like, yes, I really need my friends here yes. to hold me up because yep. I'm barely hanging on. Yeah. And then there's seasons where you just get to be together That's in a right. powerhouse. So I love that. It, you know, I, I'm just, again, so thankful that you were able to sit and chat with me and talk through all of this. And just any final encouragement you have, anything that you're like, you know what, I feel like I'm supposed to say this or that I just want to say mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. for that woman or that guy who's listening. We have both. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. is just like, Susie, I'm in a battle. And it just, I just don't know how much longer, you know, I'm army crawling here. Yeah, inches. Yeah. Anything you have to say to them. I would say, um, you know, I'm going to go back to Dr. Tim Jennings. He's like a brain neuroscientist. I've had him on my show once in a while. And he said, he gave our listeners a charge. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and I'm still thinking about it. But he said, if, if every believer spent 15 minutes a day for the next 30 days just meditating on the love God has for them, he mm-hmm. said it would change their physiology. It would literally change their brain structure and would obviously change their faith. Mm-hmm. It would improve, you know, their faith perspective. And I think, you know, we lose sight of God's love when we're under fire. And if you can, you know, you, you're the only one who gets to de- determine where your thoughts go. Mm-hmm. But if you could give yourself 15 minutes a day to meditate on the love of God, to, to visualize, see yourself through this battle victorious and the enemy defeated and just marinate in his presence, mm-hmm. that that's to me what I would do every single day. Mm-hmm. Marinate, marinate, meditate, get to more acquainted with his love than you've ever been before. But then ask God, give me a vision for my next place of promise. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier to say no to the enemy when you know you're saying yes to God's plans for you. So mm-hmm. may he give you a vision for why this battle, where he's taking you and the spoils that you'll be taking with you on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, thank you again for Mm. joining me. And I just encourage everyone to go grab a copy of this book. Where can they get this copy? Oh, wherever it's are sold, you know, Amazon, CBD, anywhere, uh, Barnes and Noble. But I will tell you, Baker online, Baker Bookstore online always sells it discounted 30% off. Mm -hmm. And I still think they've got a couple thousand of these 10 pack of quote cards. They're gorgeous quote Mm -hmm. cards. So they're Mm -hmm. scenic pictures with quotes from the book. Um, They're beautiful and they just come along with your purchase. So I I think you get your best deal Mm -hmm. on Baker's online bookstore. You get it quickest, obviously from Amazon. Who can compete with them? I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Anywhere, our website too, but I think you'd be better off somewhere else. And you have an addition coming. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for asking. Real quick. Yeah. So uh, Strong in Battle is the book and it's like a handbook for battle. Soul Care for the Battle is a guided journal. And it's picture it more like a spa day at the sea where it's just a time to take care of your soul. And you could sit with uh, it for hours or just spend 15 minutes in it. But there's all these opportunities, you know, to remember your good memories because there's a physiological response to remembering your good memories mm-hmm. or dreaming mm-hmm. with God mm-hmm. or writing out a paraphrase par- uh, prayer from scripture, things like that. So it's just soul care time. And I love it so much. It releases in October, but we've got books available now. 
Love it. Oh, good. Everybody go get a copy. You will not regret it. So thank you so much for joining me. Again, I'm so excited to have you here at Thrive and just to start this weekend. This was the perfect way to start off the weekend. Yay. Well, thanks um, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Susie Larson on being strong in your battle. Learn more about Susie and check out her talk show, Susie Larson Live, as well as other resources at susielarson.com or by following Susie Larson Author on social media. You can learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following mnbtg on social media. We also invite you to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.